Back to another episode of Simply Unprofessional. I'm your host, Webby. Join me tonight. We got Rob. Hey, everybody. It's Rob. And we got Donnie. Hey, Donnie. And we have three very special guests, starting with Lex. Hi, I'm Lex. And we got Ryan. Who's that? Who, who's Ryan? Who that? <laughs> Who that? And we got Apple. Hello. Uh, all right, so... First off, how are you guys doing? How is everybody? Great. Don't Very full. Me, I've been force-fed zucchini, and that's correct. So he's great. So he's great too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was pretty good. Thank you. <laughs> I feel like I haven't talked to Lex and Ryan in a while. It's, it's been a minute. Uh, hey, Ryan. Yeah. I miss you. I love you, and I miss you too, pal. <laughs> uh, so tonight's episode, we all decided that we were going to custom make homebrewed warlock subclasses. We're going to read what we've come up with. Uh, I forget, were we wanting to rate these like we did the other subclasses as well, as far as like S tier through D tier? I think... Or do we I just want to talk about them? Like gently rate and workshop but not like annihilate yeah. not to the extent we rate them maybe, okay. maybe just workshop them okay. yeah workshop sounds good i mean i'll i'll be i'll be honest mine's broken i i feel i don't think yours is broken i mean it's it's broken as, as much as i i'm comfortable allowing somebody else playing it to be so it's us tier <laughs> i i think it's it's up there in my opinion but that's me i'm opening I don't care anymore. Okay. I think mine is okay. I don't know um, which one to do because I I made two. <laughs> well, you're an overachiever. I got inspired. Well, <laughs> I'm to roll a coin. Roll a coin? Ah, uh, yes. I know what I said. <laughs> I have that two-headed coin somewhere. I don't know where I put it though. I'll just choose one at some point. It's fine. All right. Ah, uh, yes. Heads or heads. Heads. Or, yeah, it is. All <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> tails. Well, okay, well, Ryan, why don't we start with you then? Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> the anxiety. Right. So, I, I'm, I'm just going to say, before I start reading, that this subclass has an identity problem. Okay. All of the words make you think one thing, and what it actually is makes you go a completely different direction. So, All right. This is the Warlock... Entropy. You have sworn yourself to follow the inevitable flow of the universe towards chaos and disorder. By embracing the certain end of everything, you have let go from the constraints of the trappings of mortality 
and learned to ride time into oblivion. Your patron is a god of chaos or disorder. Expanded spell list. Warlocks of Entropy can choose from an expanded list of spells when they learn a warlock spell. The following spells are added to the warlock spell list for you. First, Chaos Bolt and Sleep. Second, Nathair's Mischief, Wither and Bloom. Third, Sending and Slow. Fourth, Compulsion and Confusion. And fifth, Contagion and Insect Plague. Okay. Call of the Void. Starting at first level, you gain the ability to inspire chaos in your surroundings. When a, creature, when a creature within 20 feet of you that you can see makes an attack roll or ability check, you can add to or subtract from the roll an amount less than or equal to your proficiency bonus. You can decide to make this modification after you know whether the roll succeeded or failed, but before the effects take place. You then take necrotic damage equal to the amount that you modified the roll. This feature can be used a number of times equal your, to your proficiency bonus, and you regain all uses after a long rest. Writhing. Also at first level, you gain proficiency in Abyssal. If you already have this proficiency, you can choose a language that your DM agrees is appropriate for your patron. Seething and Bubbling. Starting at sixth level, you are able to further a creature on the path to death. Poison damage you deal ignores resistance to poison damage. If the creature is immune to poison damage, you instead treat it as resistant to poison damage. If you deal the killing blow on a creature with poison damage, you can restore your health up to half of the poison damage dealt to the creature this turn, rounded down. Chilling Invitation. At 10th level, the energies of inevitability swirl around you at all times. All creatures of your choosing, within 10 feet of you, subtract 1d4 from their saving throws. In addition, food within 10 feet of you goes bad twice as quickly, and things around you are more prone to wear and damage. If an object within 10 feet of you would take damage for any reason, it takes an additional, additional 1d6 of that damage type. And return to dust. Starting at 14th level, you become a harbinger of the cycle of wear and decay. As an action on your turn, you can transform into the embodiment of chaos. Your body and clothing become shrouded in a thick black mist that completely obscures your form, and you gain the following benefits. All creatures within 10 feet of you take 2d8 poison damage at the start of your turn. If you cast a spell that deals poison damage targeting a creature, creatures within 10 feet of you that are not the target of the spell take half of the damage dealt by the spell rounded down, and you are immune to poison damage. The transformation lasts for one minute or until you are knocked unconscious or die. You can use this a ability a number of times equal to your proficiency modifier and regain all uses upon completing a long rest. Damn. Words. I really like that one. Yeah. Thank you. You sounded, uh, I'm not going to lie, you sounded extremely professional. Yeah, you sounded like it. a radio <laughs> show host. Yeah. Thanks, I'm, I'm kind of dehydrated from dinner, so it's, it's I got the radio <laughs> voice going. If, raspy. if I would, I would spend channel uh, crim bucks to make you take a drink. 
All right, well, I will take a drink as soon as I'm done being up against the microphone. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I have any type of, like... I liked the theme. Yeah. I, so, I, I don't have any type of, like, I, I guess, not harsh criticism, but, like, I, I don't have it's anything... It's okay, Webby. You can, you can run me over. I'm not going to get upset. Go for it. That's the thing is, I don't have anything to run over. Okay. I, I actually really liked it, so... Yeah, the, the identity crisis that I had was, should it be a poison subclass or a necrotic subclass? See, that's the thing. Okay. I'm happy that you went poison. Okay. Uh, well, because poison, he, other than fire, I feel like poison's one of the most resisted damage types. Right. And anytime you're fighting against stuff and it does poison damage, it's like, okay, that's that's fine. You know, it, it's it's either immune or resistant, this, that, and the other thing. But I like the fact that yours gets rid of resistance to poison. And if they are outright immune, then they just become resistant. Um,. It actually, you know, it would make me want to play this class just because of the thematic of of being, you know, utilizing poison again. So. Hell yeah. I'm all Anybody about giving things that are like, giving props to things that are under underrated, I guess. Yeah, I think that's what I was thinking of when I was trying to come up with it. Anybody else want to run me over with a steamroller? Yeah. <laughs> What about you, Rob? Yeah, what do you think, Rob? I think it's good. Yeah, you like Hell yeah, damage? I got... Uh, yeah, I mean, especially since, you know, I have some characters that are resistant to poison. That's why I'm bad Yeah, I got the Rob seal of approval. Last time, Rob was like, I wouldn't let anybody play that. <laughs> well, yeah, because <laughs> I hate artificers. Oh my god. <laughs> All right, All right. I like it a lot. Out. I think it has potential for some solid AOE damage too. Just off what you said. Now I have a, uh, I have a question now because yes. I was not reading along while I was listening. But I know. Apple oh, I'm sorry. I, I didn't send it to you. I did. Uh, oh, uh, yeah, Lex okay. did. Um, the AOE portion of it. Yes. When you attack somebody, and then the targets. Um, other than the person that you attacked, is it targets within five feet of that target or within five feet of you? So, hold on, I'm, I'm rereading. I thought it was within you, like you hit somebody you. and then there was like people within ten feet of you took half damage, is that what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, that's the one I was thinking. Yeah, my eyes aren't working, I'm trying to, to read. That's what I was thinking. Where, yeah. where was that? Uh, near the bottom, it's when you turn into oh, the oh, oh, chaos, okay. right? Yeah, so, if you cast a spell that deals poison damage that targets a creature, all creatures within 10 feet of you, of you okay. that are not the target, take half of the damage. So you really gotta hope you're not near any of your besties. <laughs> so, you yeah. can still... Well, but also, the first part of that is all creatures within 10 feet of you take 2d8 poison damage. Right. So, you know, you can still shoot somebody across the map, but then you're gonna radiate you know poison Ooh. damage so. <laughs> yeah and see like I, I like that because even if you're not being surrounded because you're a caster by a bunch of melee you can actually purposefully put yourself into a position 
where you can utilize that and then potentially, you know, use another, you know, trick up your sleeve to get out of that precarious position of being surrounded by enemies. So, not to mention it's within 10 feet, so it's even even then you're not taking many opportunity attacks, if any, if you just run in and then run back out. This is true. The ultimate okay. crop dust. I feel better now. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Ah, yes, the fart warlock. Yeah, I'm pooting, I'm pooting. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. sorry. I'm sorry. I'm giving it a bad nickname already. The fart warlock. Oh, no. All I was right. thinking about those beans. Oh, my God. Apple, do you have anything to add to this? I think it's... I liked it. That's all I got. I thought the thematic... I like things that are very thematic. Alright, what about you, Lex? What are your thoughts on, on his Warlock class, subclass? I I think it's neat. How how did you decide on this being the subclass that you went forward with? So, normally when you make a subclass, and you look at the ones that are already there, there aren't that many. But Warlock happens to cover a wide like swath of things so i was just like oh what what don't they cover chaos things deteriorating i was like that sounds warlocky so i have a question now how many other warlock subclasses did you make in your head before you decided on this one this was the first one that i made oh shit (laughs) i made I made most of this the day after we decided to do this, and then I revisited it last week to finish it. I'm not going to lie. I was half expecting you to be like, yeah, this is like my sixth one I made, and I chose (laughs) this one. What's funny is uh, on my list of ones that I didn't get inspiration for, I have one called The Chaos. So, yeah. Hell yeah. (laughs) You going to say something? This isn't the first sub or warlock that you've ever made, though. Correct. This is just the first one for this instance that you've you came up with. I did make Lady Luck. Oh yeah, that's right. You sent me that one. I really like that one too. This one is a little less potentially broken than that one. I so. mean, yeah. The other one can do infinity damage. This one is normal. <laughs> Uh, all right. So who wants to go next? Me. Apple wants to go next. I want to go next. I decided which one I'm gonna do, so I'm gonna send a picture in chat so you guys can read along. Also, if you would like. Sorry, viewers. Uh, you don't get the stunning visuals. Doot doot. So I'm just gonna lean closer just in case. So mine's called the nightmare. Um, it says, you've seen a glimpse at the horrors that can be twisted in the shadows of the night and decided you wanted to be linked with it. Your patron is a being of fear and nightmares lurking in shadowed corners, tasting the edge of a sleeping consciousness and sapping the worst imaginable terrors out of them. They crave fear and have no qualms in gathering another soul into their midst to help bring more fear into the world. Perhaps nights of insomnia have led you to be comfortable with this darker world, or maybe you're journeying down this path to conquer your own fears. Whatever the reason, the darkness didn't keep you at bay, and now you're becoming a part of it. Expanded spell list. 
The Nightmare lets you choose from an expanded list of spells that you, uh, when you learn a Warlock spell. The following spells are added to the Warlock spell list for you. At first level, you get Dissonant Whispers and Sleep. At second, you get Phantasmal Force and Tasha's Mind Whip. At third, you get Bestow Curse and Slow. At fourth, you get Giant Insect and Phantasmal Killer. And at fifth, you get Vanishing Smite and Insect Plague. Embrace of the Dark. At first level, your connection with the Nightmare allows you to have Dark Vision. If you already have Dark Vision, the distance you can see is doubled. In addition, your acceptance of the horrors of your patron give you advantage on saving throws against being frightened. Ghastly Visage. Your connection allows you to use an action to summon a ghastly being within 10 feet of you. It hovers where you command it and can be moved as a bonus action, but otherwise does nothing. It remains summoned for one minute. Allies who are aware of it when it's summoned aren't affected by it. Everyone else who sees it within a 15-foot radius must make a wisdom saving throw or be frightened of the creature. Frightened creatures can repeat the saving throw at the end of their turns. You can summon the visage a number of times equal to 1 plus your charisma modifier, and you regain all expended uses when you finish a long rest. Woven in Darkness. At 6th level, your being is starting to become one with the darkness. You have advantage on stealth checks made in the dark. Once per long rest, you can summon the darkness around you for 5 minutes, causing others to have disadvantage on all attacks made against you. You can now merge with your ghastly visage upon summoning, causing the same effects of the visage, but centered on yourself with a radius of 20 feet. Creature of the Night. At 10th level, you are so at home in the darkness that you are, able, you are always able to see in it. You gain blind sight up to 30 feet and are unaffected by magical darkness. In addition, you are so accustomed to fear in all of its forms that you are immune to the frightened condition. Waves of Fear. Starting at 14th level, fear rolls around you like an aura. Once per long rest, you can send your fear aura up to 150 feet away from you with a radius of 20 feet on a spot you choose. That area then becomes difficult terrain, covered in low, black, rolling fog that seems to form skulls, hands, and tendrils between one moment and the next. Those who start their turn within the aura must succeed on a wisdom saving throw or be frightened and take 10d8 psychic damage. On a save, they take half damage and aren't frightened. If frightened, they must try to leave the square as quickly as possible and they won't be able to willingly enter it again. At the end of each of their turns, they are able to make the save again to become unfrightened. Once they're unfrightened, they cannot be affected by it again for 24 hours. When you send out the aura, you may choose up to three plus your charisma modifier allies to be unaffected by the frightening presence of the aura. And I will say for the listeners, the picture is god-awful. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right thoughts tear apple apart uh, yeah go ahead <laughs> uh i like I it mean, yeah it's, it's got the edge yeah i was inspired by um sleep paralysis demons ah okay. i see it it's fair <laughs> man i i fucking 150 feet Jeez. Yeah, I mean, a lot of spells have like a 120 foot ish plus radius, like that you could just uh, fucking eat it. I know it's just like, oh, what are you doing all the way over there? You're having a nightmare <laughs> You're now. Having a nightmare. You're having a nightmare now. <laughs> Get fucked. It's like, who is that down the street? Ah, uh, nightmares. <clears throat> well, I like it just because it includes insect plague. It's an expanded spell. <laughs> I'm not a warlock spell, anyone? I also figured it just feels like the stuff of nightmares, insect plague, like 
There you yeah. go. Bugs crawling all over you all the time. Yeah. Mm. Rob, what do you think? I like it. The only thing that I think might be... Well, no. I mean, I guess it works the same as, like, Frightful Presence. It was like it just, like every turn you just keep getting the chance of being frightened, but if you if a dragon keeps using like frightful presence, it would do the same thing. So yeah. Alright. My only uncertainty is that woven darkness lasts for five minutes. That just feels like a long time for battle. Because I rage only lasts a minute. And I know it's uh half damage. But I'm kind of comparing the effects of that, having it be five minutes long. Well, that's fair. But other than that, it's pretty neat. Yeah, I mean, I see why you made it five minutes because of the first part about having advantage on stealth checks in the dark. But yeah, for battle power, I mean, most battles don't even last a minute, so... You're not wrong. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> you basically would have it the entire time. But, I mean, even if it was one minute, there's a good chance that you would still have it the entire fight, so... True. <laughs> Donnie? I like it. I said I like it a lot. I like mm -hmm. the whole theme of it. It's edgy lock. Edgy lock. <laughs> so, based off of Donnie's descriptions, we got edgy lock and fart lock. <laughs> Uh-oh. Donnie's going to be naming all of these. Keep, keep them rolling. Uh -oh. I, think I, I think I messed up, guys. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yep. All right. Uh, well, you know, I, I like it already. I mean, I, you came to me for my stamp of approval on it. You're not wrong. <laughs> uh, I just don't like the picture. It gives me nightmares. <laughs> the other one I did was based on a fallen angel. Uh, that was actually my first concept, and I rolled with that one, and I'm also equally proud of it. But I liked uh, I liked this one just slightly more. All right. Yeah, I guess you'll have to subscribe to the Patreon to see that one. Wait, we don't do that. No, I mean, according to Devin, we're gonna start up an OnlyFans where we just dress up like clowns and eat hamburgers. You know, somebody so, will give you money for that. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody somewhere wants to watch that. He's absolutely right. And his name is Donnie. <laughs> uh, I'm not really into the whole clown thing. You wouldn't support your friends, Donnie? There. Sure. I'm totally. In a tight spot now. Huh. What if you guys dress up in the official Dungeons and Dragons Dungeon Master costume? Oh hell yeah! <laughs> and eat gummy dice. I'll do it. Forbidden mm -hmm. candy. <laughs> I love it. That's good. All right, who wants to go next? Otherwise, I will. I'll get mine out of the way. Do it, Webby. All right, mine started off as kind of a joke one, I guess, and then I it just kind of turned into something that I didn't mind anymore. Do you want me to share it with them so they can read along? Uh, hold on. I might actually have that. Boom. If it goes through. There It'll we go. go. So, mine is uh, the DM Warlock oh subclass. Uh, Alright, so it says, 
You've always had a feeling like someone else was watching over you, controlling your moves like a puppet on a string, though the thought of that never scared you. Instead, you're very curious about the otherworldly being uh, who says a who has a say in the universe around you as it unfolds. Uh, you think they're above the gods even, and you want in on that kind of power. The being knows this before you even do, and they've already accepted you as a patron. Uh, or as their patron. No, yeah, as, as their, a patron. As, as your patron. Yeah. Uh, you almost didn't have a say in it, but you don't care. You want, uh, you want to know what real power feels like. So the expanded spell list... The DM lets you choose from an expanded spell list uh, when you learn a Warlock spell. The following spells are added to the Warlock spells for you. First level, Magic Missile and Shield. Second level, Fortune's Favor and Tasha's Mind Whip. Third level, Fireball and Haste. Fourth level, Confusion and Guardian of Nature. And fifth level, Big Bee's Hand and Cone of Cold. Uh, peek behind the screen. Starting at first level, your patron gives you a glimpse behind the proverbial screen, granting you insight into your target. As a bonus action, you can learn one aspect of a creature that you can see amongst the following. Best saving throw, worst saving throw, armor class, special senses, and languages known. Once you use this ability, you can't use it again until you finish a short rest. You can certainly try. Starting at 6th level, when you, when asked to make an ability check that you aren't proficient in, you may choose to roll that ability check with double your proficiency bonus. You may do this a number of times equal to your charisma modifier. Roll 4d6 and drop the lowest. Starting at 10th level, the first time you make a death saving throw, instead roll 4d6 and drop the lowest. You heal for that amount, you gain that many temp HP. You also have advantage on all attack rolls, ability checks, and saving throws until the end of your next turn. Once you use this ability, you can't do so again until you finish a short rest. And then lastly, how do you want to do this? Starting at 14th level, you've become a champion in your patron's eyes. All attacks with mundane weapons become magical to, your, to you for the purposes of overcoming resistances. Uh, you also gain resistance to bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing damage. You are immune to the charmed and frightened condition, and you have advantage on saving throws against spells. Additionally, as a bonus action, you can cause the critical hit range of your next attack to be a 16 through 20. Once you use this feature, you can't use it again until you finish 1d4 long rests. That is my DM <laughs> Warlock subclass. You took me on a roller coaster ride. <laughs> I really like this one. Like yeah, it's spicy. So I was sitting here all the way through 10th level going, oh, what's he talking about? It's not broken. <laughs> and then most of the 14th level one, I was like, oh my god. But then, 1d4 long rests. Yeah. I mean, that could be four days that you're basically useless. So... <laughs> Yeah. Well, well it, I mean, it's, it's only the, no, it's no, only the not, bonus action, right? Not useless, just not an avatar of God. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, it's only the bonus action that you can't use again for 1d4 long rest, right? The rest Correct. of it still applies. Correct. Yeah. 
Oh. But I mean, being able to crit yeah. as a 16 is pretty nice. Oh, no, never mind. It's broken, then. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that whole feature was gated. No. Oh, no. no the, the, okay. The first paragraph of the 14th level thing you, you just get for being a champion of your patron, uh, the bonus action to increase your crit range from 16 to 20 is what you get for the long rest. It... <sighs> I can you know? see where you might, like, the vague brokenness, but also you're, like, 14th level already. You are a spellcaster, so you're probably not super up close anyways to receive bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing all that often. Maybe? Man, the, uh, fighter champion is in shambles looking at this. <laughs> <laughs> better crit range? Yeah, uh, but they get, an ex- I mean, they, they get a better crit range consistently. They also get five attacks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, all crit. the attacks made with one mundane weapons become magical. I mean, you should have a magical weapon at that point anyway. Yeah. I mean, it's only, like, if someone stole it or you were in prison or whatever. And then the resistances to bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing, that, I mean, barbarians get that just for being barbarians. Mm-hmm. The, uh, uh, the saving throws against spells, like freaking satyrs and stuff, you just get that for being alive. True. For being alive. Now I will I will ask this question. Um, this is going to be more specifically geared towards, I guess, Rob and Donnie. Can you tell what my one of my favorite things that I instituted into this subclass is? That's what I can't answer. What's your answer? Give me a second. <laughs> I'm going to see if Robin does. I have a Okay, what's your guess, Lex? And this might just be because it's my favorite, but the peek behind the screen. Because. I, I'm, I don't know how to explain that, but. I'm pretty sure it's the magic missile spell. It sure is the magic <laughs> missile spell. <laughs> I'm stuck between those two. <laughs> You know something? I have an entire. I was leaning wizard. more towards behind the screen. I have an entire wizard in one of Rob's games that is just dedicated to magic missile. Oh, I learned a six-level spell slot. Six-level magic missile. <laughs> the fact that fucking you know, I missile. I feel like peek behind the screen needs to be a ranger feature because it's like it fits. It does. Uh, it really does. Yeah. Um, it helps I, them with their selective racism. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Instead of that. Mm-hmm. Instead of that. Yeah, if you just kind of focus on the hunting and not the hunting a specific race, because this is literally anything you want to know about anyone that you could deduce. I think it's fun, especially for your note takers. Because you can come mm-hmm. like come face to face with like the same creature and learn something new about them every time. I agree. Yeah. Especially, like, the saving throw thing. Because, like, I feel like... Yeah, that's useful. Class, you fig- I figure that out within a couple turns, usually. Like, or at least, like, a one to two number radius of it, you know? But, like, us, like, yeah. I mean, that just seems fun. But also, especially if you're trying to communicate with someone, and you're like, we neither of us, you know, they don't speak common, you'd be like, oh, what <laughs> languages do they know? Yeah, I did put that oh. one in there specifically for roleplay purposes. Essentially, you know, you know what though that I just realized that this is so broken. Knowing what languages people know, how 
God damn it, Rob. <laughs> Doesn't mean that you can speak every language, though, Rob. <laughs> uh, now, I will say, now, I, I, I was bouncing back and forth between a thought, and I want your guys' opinion uh, for, the peak, for the peak behind the screen thing. The best saving throw and worst saving throw, I ended up not including it. So in my mind, when I read this, if you used it and you wanted to know, okay, this creature's, I want to know this creature's best saving throw, my answer as the DM would then be like, oh, their best is charisma. So that way you know not to target charisma. But I was bordering on saying, okay, so you learn that you, you learn insight into these creatures. You want to know the best saving throw. Their best saving throw is charisma. They have a plus seven to it. Now, do you think do you think with this it would be okay just to give you the ability that they're best at for saving throw? Or would you as players want to know what their modifier is as well? I almost wish that it leveled mm. up with you. Like it was an ability that when you got better, maybe you were able to gleam more from somebody. Okay. I kind of think that it's fine just knowing what category it is. I The word has dropped out of my mind. Um, without knowing the modifier. Because then there's still like the critical thinking part where you have to figure out okay, their best could be uh, a 2, or it could be a 5, or even, like, their worst could be a 5. Like, you don't know. Right. Like, it, it could still make some fun situations for you to, to think about in character. Right. Yeah. Like, you guys could be going up against, you know, say an ancient red worm. And, <laughs> As a casual mention. And, and you'd be like, hey, I want to know what their worst saving throw is. And I'd be like, okay... It's intelligence, but that doesn't mean that you guys don't know that he still has a plus 13 to his intelligence saving throws. Write that so. down. Write that down. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, Where are the note takers at? I'm right here. No, uh, so, yeah, my thought is that the enjoyable part of battle is not knowing hardly anything. So... At first level to just know, yeah, fine, it's intelligence, but that doesn't really help you. It, like, as much as you think it does. Like, if, if at level one I knew, yeah, this guy has a plus eight to his wisdom, and all of my spells are wisdom saving throws. I don't know, it kind of just, like, derails it a bit, but gotcha. just to know, oh, it, you know, it's wisdom, but then who you can, knows? Then you can at least try to start trying to target something else as far as a, mm -hmm. a yeah. thing. Yeah. I, I think it's completely fine the way... Because, like, say say you added that... You added on to saving throws, right? Where they could find out which one's the best, which one's the worst, what the bonuses are. How does that trickle down to languages known? Right. I mean, that There's no extra information to get there. Yeah. So I think it's good the way it is. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, would you guys add anything to this list? Like, or do you think that covers a a wide enough net that it would be good just the way it is? There is something that I would potentially add for other groups and not our groups. Okay. I I would add 
how do they look on the Webby scale of fucked up? <laughs> because I don't know that that's something that other DMs normally just divulge. Right. Like, they might say, oh, he looks a little rough, but, like, to be able to go, wow, he looks like he's about to fall over... I right. feel like that requires some special like. I mean, I don't, I don't know about that because when you're role playing, you with the theater of the mind, you would be able to tell, or at least be able to say your your character would be able to ask, okay, hey, how how do they look? Like just That's as true. a role play thing, because the character would potentially be seeing how fucked up they actually are. Right. I agree with that. I, I guess so. Well, like, you don't same, need to ask God, hey, at, how bad are they looking? At the same time, though, certain creatures, depending on what you're fighting, may not show the wear and tear of combat as uh, identifiably as others. I, I, well, then I guess that would be say. a skill check, right? That's true. That's true. I mean, I know in 4th edition... Uh, Anytime you were fighting something and they got down to half their HP or less, they were considered "quote unquote" bloody. So anytime, anytime a DM was like, "Okay, uh, this creature is now bloodied," then you knew it was at least halfway, you know, through its hit point pool. Okay. Uh, although a lot of creatures in Fourth Edition Two had special effects that happened, like as a result of being bloody, it does this, this, or this. Um, which made the fights a bit more challenging. Well, then maybe I would revise my statement to potentially be movement speed, because okay. it's also, like, just like armor class, it's something that you're going to find out in a couple of turns anyway, but if you really wanted to know... Right. I, I, I mean, really that, that could also be added, too, because if you're, if you're able to learn it special, any type of senses that it would have... Mm -hmm. uh, then, additionally, if if you're fighting, say, a goblin, and then you want to know, okay, well, what it's what's its movement, and then all of a sudden you find out, oh, well, it has a fifty foot movement speed, a forty foot swim speed, and a thirty foot fly speed, then you're like, well, this doesn't seem like a normal goblin, then. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, maybe just the highest number. All right. Um. You could potentially add resistances, immunities, or um, creature type. Oh, creature type. Oh, creature type. Yeah, I didn't even think about creature type. And that would definitely come in handy for, you know, Rainia. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. You'd find those fiends and dragons. <laughs> Although I will say it is very rewarding, even as a DM... When you make an attack and you're like, is it a monstrosity fiend or whatever? I'm like, it actually is a monstrosity. And then you're like, yes! And then you get, get very extra excited. damage dice. So. <laughs> Alright, well there was my quote-unquote semi-joke warlock patron subclass. I think it's fun. I mean, I do too. it's yeah. the most, it is the most balanced dungeon master based subclass I have ever seen. <laughs> well, I appreciate that, and, and I want to thank Apple for putting it together in this in this format with the cool picture. Yes, it looks nice for the viewers. So, props to Jorick for the art. <laughs> I don't know where you are, Jorick, but you did good. You did good, Jorick. Right. It turns out they're an SU listener, and they're like me. Me? <laughs> I did good. <laughs> Jorick, if you're listening, 
You did awesome. We'd be glad to have you on to talk about your art. <laughs> Alright guys, uh, go hunt down Jorik. <laughs> yep. Uh, Alright, so we got three more of you. Who wants to go next? I'll go ahead. Haha, right. <laughs> beach to it. <laughs> I heard grunts from Rob. You want me to go ahead and go, Rob? I, w I will say you can go if you want. This is no, no okay. Right, I, just get I don't run even over care. With. I don't even care. Whatever. I don't even care anymore, guys. <laughs> I don't even care. All right, Rob, go wow. ahead. All right, bro. Rob sounds so relaxed. <laughs> well, no, you said you first. All right. All right. So mine is packed with the crossroads. Uh, got the idea from Supernatural. Uh, you are the underling of a powerful demon, tasked to acquire souls for them through deals with mortals. So, Death's Bargain. Starting at first level, when you reduce a hostile creature to zero hit points, you gain temporary hit points equal to your charisma modifier, minimum of one. In addition, you also gain proficiency with the char charisma persuasion checks. Learn the languages Infernal and Abyssal. Uh, next, uh, also at level one, we have Step Into My Office. You gain the ability to use any door to enter your office. See Magnificent Mansion. Up to two times per day, you may enter this space as an action for up to ten minutes. Once inside, you may bargain for a mortal soul to be sent to your patron in exchange for a boon within your patron's ability. Uh, consult your DM for that part. Uh, the next one, Fiendish Vigor. Starting at 6th level, you are now a demon. Your eyes are black, though you may use a bonus action to revert them to their natural appearance. You gain resistance to non-magical, bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing damage. You also gain resistance to either fire or cold, your choice, and you are considered a fiend. Uh, next one, skimming off the top, starting at 10. At level 10, when you seal the deal for a mortal soul, you gain one additional warlock spell slot as you keep a portion for yourself. This spell slot is lost upon a shorter long rest. The ability may be used once per long rest. You also gain expertise in the Charisma Persuasion check. Uh, the last one I have, King of the Crossroads. Starting at level 14, your eyes are now red when you choose to reveal your demon nature. You have gained enough power to make lesser deals. Upon completion of a deal, you may store energy from the bargain for later use. The use of this energy can take the form of any spell of 6th level or lower and can be from any class of spell list. You do not need to meet the requirements of the spell, if any, including time or costly components. Once you use this feature, you can't do so again until you finish a 1d4 long rest. You cannot store more than one spell's worth of energy at any single time. And that's all I got. I did not give this one a expanded spell list. That was the only thing I was going to say is Donnie didn't do the expanded spell list. Did not. If you did. You guys want to help me fill in a spell list for this? Everybody's seen Supernatural. What are the chances, you know, you know, one out of a hundred, that Magic Missile would be on your expanded spell list? Which one's the, is one the most likely? No, or is one is the least likely, a hundred is the most likely. For me, personally? Yeah. Pretty low. I hate this. I hate this subclass. I, think <laughs> I figured that's what was that. <laughs> I figured, but it's from Supernatural. I get something from that, right? Bonus points, I guess. Yeah, uh, I like the concept. 
I like the supernatural uh, theme there going on. I like that you become a demon. Like, that just seems fun. Like, that's a really, I feel like that's such a role-play-able, like, thing, you know? Yeah, originally I had a whole lot of role-play stuff that Webby was just like, yeah, you don't really want to give yourself negatives. <laughs> He's like, that's all role-play fluff you can do. Yeah. A, a whole bunch of stuff. And you get to find out uh, how serious your party paladin is. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm now, sorry, you're a what? I have a question about becoming a fiend. Now, are you just outright a fiend? Like your your creature type like changes? Or are you a fiend in addition to whatever creature type you were prior? I was thinking it replaced it, but I don't know. I didn't think about that. Okay. I could see it as a replacement. <laughs> like, if you are a demon, it doesn't matter what your form looks like. You're now a demon. Okay. Yeah, pretty pretty much, yeah. Can you read the level 10 feature again? <coughs> sure. Uh, let's see. Okay, this one's called Skimming Off the Top. When you seal the deal for a mortal soul, you gain one additional warlock spell slot as you keep a portion for yourself. This spell slot is lost upon a short or long rest. This ability may only be used once per long rest. You also gain expertise and charisma persuasion checks. That's neat. I, I couldn't remember if you said that the spell slot was lost after a short or long rest, and that, that makes more sense. Yeah. If the spell slot wasn't lost, you'd be just fucking lawnmowering souls all day. Oh my god, lawnmowering. <laughs> lawn well, that's kind of... That's kind of got a built-in limitation because you can only go into your office, quote unquote, twice a day. Yeah. True. Yeah. It's cool. And that's neat. Free spell slots, free spell slot. That's a cool way to get it. That's what I thought. Yeah. That's kind of like I it was alleviating one of the issues as a warlock that warlocks always try to find items to do. Yep. And again, you know you already got my seal of approval because you came to me and had me read it and help you balance it, so. Right. How uh, how OP do you guys think this would be? I... Is it I S? I think it's probably a solid A at the very least. I don't know that it's an S. Well, I think Webby thinks it is. I'm, I... I'm kind of borderline. Huh. I mean, expertise in persuasion isn't broken. Um, ten minutes in the magnificent mansion is not going to do anything for you. What are you going to do? Eat? Um, I don't. I don't know. I, th I think it's mainly the sixth level or lower spell that you essentially get to store for one d four rests. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess, but you also get Mystic Arcanum. Which allows you a 6th level spell slot for Warlock spells. Yeah. Like, this, this, <laughs> is, this is, you get to replicate any spell of 6th level or lower without time constraints or material components. Also, though, both that and the 10th level requires you to make a deal with mm -hmm. some kind of humanoid, which the DM could be like, nah, no one wants to make a deal with you. <laughs> so... Yeah, depending on the spell, the patron can just be an ass about it. Which, I guess, okay. Because of that, I was really curious about the 14th level one. It's like, yeah, you can't use the feature again until you finish 1d4 long rests. 
What if you weren't gonna get a, like, a fucking deal during those four rests anyways? Right, I mean, that's what I was gonna say. I feel like a lot of the time, a lot more than you probably are gonna like as this subclass, there aren't gonna, just aren't gonna be enough people around unless you're trying to take your party soul, which is, you know. Tilly. Questionable at best. Yeah. yeah. Or may, maybe the patron just won't pick up the phone. Right. But the way I pictured it, like when you're when you're making deals on your patron's behalf, they essentially had access to the wish spell to the DM's discretion. But then once you're able to fulfill your own, to, you know, for example, to get your spell slot, your extra spell slot, you can use the limited wish yourself to do your own deal. Right. Also, and uh, it did say per DM's discretion, but I yes. guess like um, me as a player, and I would talk it out so much with Webby or Rob if this was my character. I'd be like, oh, yeah. okay, what is a deal? Like, are they asking for someone to come back to life? Are they just wanting power? Are they wanting money? Like, what is, what's going to be normal and what can I actually accomplish? Like, what, you know? Right. And I guess I'd yeah. want some sort of example, at least, because, you know, of like, hey, example of possible deals, just, but you don't have to use them as per, like, you know, any of the rule books. It says, hey, you don't technically have to do what this says, but just as, like, a leaping yeah. off point. Well, right. See, okay, so as a DM, the way I would do this, first off, I, I find, like, I, I think this particular subclass would very much be more beneficial in, like, a in like a city or urban campaign where you're going to run into a lot more people. Like, when you're traveling, you might have the occasional passerby of, you know, a merchant or whatever, but you run into, obviously, you run into a lot less people when you're traveling than you do if you're in a city. You know, you can actively seek out people who might be down on their luck and you can try to help change that. But, like, as far as, like, the first level ability of making deals for your patron and then that patron essentially having a wish spell that could grant this person, a, you know, a, some sort of boon, <clears throat> unless... Because also you gotta keep in mind, like the you know the NPCs are also in the DM's hands. But like my way that I would use this to kind of maybe twist it a little bit for the warlock is if the regardless of what the NPC wanted, what what you know what the person that you're bargaining for their soul wanted, I would I would try to monkey pot. Unless, unless you know that NPC hired Ryan as their lawyer, as their wish lawyer. <laughs> wish lawyer. <laughs> you know, Hell yeah. Uh, because I mean, you're working for a demon. Uh, right. You are willing to give them something, and I mean, it might be something similar to say supernatural, like supernatural. Yeah, if they want fame, money, power, whatever, they get that for 10 years and then after 10 years they're dragged to hell essentially um it might be something either akin to that or you know if they want money you know they could come across a a whole bag of money they could take it and be like oh yeah my luck's changed i'm rich now and then that money might have belonged to I mean, either another rich person who now is going to try to kill this guy, or a thieves' guild, or <laughs> an orphanage, you know, whatever. You know, something where it, like, puts that NPC now in 
a modicum of some sort of danger or maybe tries to twist the PC and their emotional state because I think it would be very hard, not impossible, to play this subclass as a good character. If that makes sense. Uh, yeah, I 100% agree. Uh, I, I feel mean, like that, it almost, being said, almost requires that. That being said, I mean, Rob played a demon in a campaign, and he was a good, technically a good character. Uh, mm-hmm. And there are good demons out there. Uh, it, but yeah. Imagine um, the scene from The Incredibles at the beginning, where, if for a, a brief context, I'm, I don't remember what company he worked for, but basically he helped this client get a better deal than what his company would have liked. Like, his company was like, you can't just be giving money away like this, blah, blah, blah. He used to be a superhero, right? So you, that would be kind of funny to be that person who's going into the demon world <laughs> with the sole intention of fucking over the demons, knowing that you're gonna become a demon yourself, but it's worth it, because you're gonna give people shit, like, cool shit. Right. You know? <laughs> so, like, yeah. he stands up really loudly to the patron, I'm sorry, I can't do that for you, and then you whisper to the person, I'm gonna give you a million dollars. I definitely see a lot of good RP aspects on this. Um, mm-hmm. Also, like Ryan said, if there's a paladin in the party, I, I'd be interested to see how the warlock defends himself to the paladin. Just offer like them this. a deal. Hey, you can yeah, definitely him persuade him. Yeah. Be like, hey, step into my office. We'll talk about how you can get me to stop doing this. <laughs> oh, man, the monkey paw. <laughs> what if I told you? Let's make a deal. Come talk about this. What if I told you that you could kill all demons in a very short time? With no. only one caveat. At the end, you become a demon. <laughs> uh, I mean, otherwise, overall, I, I mean, I, I like this I like this concept. Um, it is not as broken as I originally thought when we went through and we talked about it earlier and, 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 and reworded and reorganized a few things. So, yeah. I mean, I'd be okay with letting people play this in a campaign. I definitely think it would... Again, it'd be hard for to to play a good aligned character with this subclass at first. I feel. So. Yeah. Yeah, like my my demon character also tried to make deals because he was originally a crossroads demon. But nice. He, because he separated himself from the abyss, he lost most of his power. So when he tried to make deals, he could only do it with the powers that he currently had, which were like kind of not impressive. Like they were, they were impressive for like a fighter, which is what basically his his class was like demon fighter. I think it was like demonic knight or something. We decided, but it was like, oh, uh, you know what? If you want, I could kill this person for you if you give me your soul. It's like mm, I could just pay money for this. Or <laughs> I was like, there was a guy that was like got kicked off the the city council. I was like, I get you position back for your soul or whatever. It's like, but you, you don't have to pay me until it happens. And he's like, well, how are you going to do that? He's like. You let me worry about that. It's just if you get your seat back on the council and I'm the cause of it, you owe me your soul. And he was like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> I was like, God damn it. <laughs> oh my God. So Lex and Ryan, is there anything that you have any last comments to, to make on, on this particular subclass before we move on to either Lex's or Rob's? Party of Demons. 
That's all. I'm with it. Party of demons. I would. <laughs> I mean, I I'm wouldn't, with it, I dude. wouldn't be. I wouldn't be opposed to running a a small side campaign of you guys running evil characters. I'll say that. Oh no! <laughs> I won't play this. Oh, I won't play okay. this. Okay, but another fun question: <laughs> Imagine a campaign that's not on the Prime Material Plane. I mean, that's true. Shadowfell campaign. That's all I'm saying. Oh shit! Chaotic evil paladin. Anyone? Yes. <laughs> Done that once. It was real fun. Oh wait, that's all paladins. <laughs> <laughs> His opinions have been heard. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways. Alright, so do we want to go Lex next or Rob next? Roll a d4. Who, me? Yeah, somebody. Somebody roll a d4. Odds, Rob, evens Lex. Alright, I have a witness here. I have a d4 here. I will do this. Lex, do you want odds or evens? Uh, What Apple just said? I can't remember if I was odds or evens. You were evens. Alright. Cool, I'll take evens. It's a two. It's a two. (laughs) Well, wonderful. (laughs) Alright, so you know that meme where they're like, oh, uh, I started making it, had to break down Bon Appetit. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, that's how this went. Um, (laughs) So my warlock patron is called the Magic Guardian, and it is specifically... Based on Sailor Moon and other yes. magical girls. Uh, I will share it because it is easier for my brain to read things. Uh, hope you guys have Adobe Reader. Or it opens up in a browser. It opens up in a browser. It is all cool. <clears throat> so, throughout the plains, there's an order of guardians dedicated to protecting all life from evil entities who seek to corrupt or destroy the hearts and souls by draining them of their dreams and love. Magic Guardians can be of any alignment, however, they usually tend towards good. Above all, above all else, they fight for love and for justice. The Expanded Spell List The Call to pur- Purify Evil lets you choose from an expanded list of spells when you learn the Warlock spell. The following spells are added to the Warlock spell list for you. Level 1, you can add Color Spray and Detect Evil and Good. Level 2, you can get Healing Spirit and Moonbeam. Third level, Elemental Weapon, Motivational Speech. Fourth level, Elemental Bane, and Locate Creature. Fifth level, Banishing Smite, and Dispel Evil and Good. Prison Power Makeup. Starting at first level, you gain the ability to cloak yourself in the magic of your patron to fight evil. As a bonus action, you can cause yourself to transform into your guardian form. And this transformation lasts for one minute, or until you dismiss it as a bonus action, become unconscious, or die. You can use the ability a number of times per day equal to 1 plus your proficiency bonus. In this form, your equipment functions as normal, but takes on a new appearance that you determine, and appears to shimmer with elemental energy. In addition, you gain the following benefits. You gain temporary hit points equal to your warlock level, and you shed bright light for 20 feet centered on you, and dim light for for an additional 20 feet. I'll punish you. At first level, you choose an element from which you draw your abilities. Choose from acid, cold, fire, force, lightning, radiant, necrotic, or thunder. When you make an attack against a creature, you can choose to imbue the attack with an extra elemental energy, adding 1d4 of your chosen element to the damage. This amount increases to 1d6 at 6th level, 
1d8 at 10th level, 1d10 at 14th level, and that's it. Uh, you can use this feature a number of times equal to your proficiency bonus, and you regain all uses upon completing a long rest. Prismatic Shield. At level 6, you are protected by your elemental energy. You gain resistance to your chosen element. In addition, while in your guardian form, you gain the ability to cast shield spell once a day without using a spell slot. Magic of Friendship. Starting at 10th level, the protection of your element extends to your friends. When you transform using the star power makeup feature, you instead gain temporary hit points equal to your warlock level plus your charisma modifier. Additionally, choose up to 5 creatures you can see. Those creatures gain temporary hit points equal to half your warlock level plus your charisma modifier. For love and, for, for love and justice. At 14th level, you call upon the embodiment of love and spectral unicorn to deliver the ultimate justice. As an action, you can summon a spectral unicorn on a space you can see within 60 feet. The unicorn charges 60 feet in a straight line, passing through creatures. Each creature within 5 feet of the unicorn's path must make, must make a dexterity saving throw, taking 8d8 damage of your selected element on a fail, or half as much on a success. I actually really love this one. Well, I think it's so cute. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> Thanks. Like, when you think uh, Warlock, you never think of, like, somebody fighting for, like, love and justice. <laughs> it's always, like, these dark and, like, almost somewhat dreary kind of existences. Um, I have a question. I had to write it down a note so I didn't forget. Um... The thing that allows you to change what your equipment looks like. Mm -hmm. Can you, like, if you wielded a sword, could you make it look like a rainbow sword? Yeah, sure. Oh, fuck it's yeah. purely cosmetic, so it's based off of how they transform whenever they go into battle. Um, and I had originally had it where there wasn't a time limit, but Ryan thought it was kind of broken to you be able to change your form whenever you want and gain the temporary hit points. Right. Um, so we... Left it at a minute, but I, for roleplay purposes, it's it's going to be short. But I guess that's up to your your DM to allow you to stay transformed just for the aesthetics of being transformed. Um, but yeah, there's no additional value. It's just your guardian forms, your cute outfit you get to wear. So anybody who knows me knows that I have a love of Diablo 3. Okay, I have a love for Diablo in general, but Diablo 3, I'm, I'm a big fan of the game. And in that game, you can go to a, a, a world that's literally the, the map is looks like it's colored with crayons. Uh, and you fight teddy bears and unicorns and ponies. <laughs> and in that world, you can find these little tiny cute Diablo pinatas. And if you bust them open, there's a chance that you can get one of two items. One is a sword and one is a dagger. The, da the dagger just looks like you're holding a hamburger. It's the hamburger dagger. And then the other one is this, like, really dope, like, rainbow sword that just kind of, like, it's not, it doesn't look solid. It just looks like a rainbow, like, energy coming out of a hilt. Uh, if I played this warlock, I'd be carrying a sword and a dagger all the time, and it'd be looking like a rainbow sword and a hamburger. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <that> out there. <laughs> uh, so I have a question. The yeah. I'll punish you. Uh, do you choose one at first level and then stick with it, or is it able to be changed every time you, you transform? So, the concept behind this was how each of the Sailor Guardians has a planet, and they all have a special ability based on their planet. So, mm. 
this in this case you would choose your element and you'd stick with it for the entire time you play this warlock gotcha okay. i do like that um i think maybe i would word it like i i i, I can because I, I also was at rob's point where up until the end of it i didn't realize that you were with one element the whole time but once i got to the end i was like okay it does seem like it's just one element and i think that's a cool fucking concept i don't know how to reword it but like i love it <laughs> probably just needs this element can only be selected once and cannot be changed or something like that. You know, just something semantic. Now, I don't know anything about Sailor Moon. Mm-hmm. But I could see an entire party of warlocks playing this particular thing and then each choosing huh. a different element. Yeah. Yeah. They'd all be different Sailor Guardians. Be yeah. Fucking rise. Mm-hmm. Fuck. <laughs> One of them's a demon. And then, yep. one, yeah, then one demon. Well, you know, technically uh, in the lore there was. So yeah, that makes sense. It's okay. You know that one picture where it's like, we're going to defeat you with the power of love, friendship, murder. And like, that the one edgy person, that's the one who shows the necrotic damage. <laughs> Unimaginable pain. Uh, just one more thing. Uh, the summoning the unicorn seems to be unlimited. Is that... Oh, it's only once. I forgot to oh, add a time. Okay. <laughs> and to to address the other comment, you could probably make it at a certain point just one of these features that you always aesthetically appear to be in your guardian form, but you can choose to activate the the thing. Yeah. Now, know. is it only your equipment you can change, or can you change your appearance when you're in this form? Uh... I'm trying to think about how technically in the show it's just their clothing and their hair. Um, But I mean, I don't see why you couldn't flavor it to be looking however you want. Not going to lie, I would play this and and only because, again, I don't know anything about Sailor Moon. But going back to a different show that I watched growing up, and I'm going to age myself here. I would play this and I would become a Care Bear. Holding, oh a, holding a rainbow sword. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and I'd shoot, I mean, I would shoot color, I'd shoot color spray out of the emblem on my stomach. <laughs> I love this. I don't know. I just really love this subclass. Time to have a magical girl campaign. Just saying. Throwing that out there. Well, this obviously won't be the evil campaign. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Unless you guys are fighting for the love of evil. Yeah. I suppose you could flavor it however you want. I mean, they tend to lean towards good, but doesn't mean you couldn't be evil. Right. <clears throat> what is this? Is this going to have audio if I open this up? No. Oh, that's the Extreme Violence comic? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Incredible violence. <laughs> I see you got a new member. All right. Well, he's constantly covered in blood. <laughs> oh, I love that. Viewers, I'm sure you enjoyed that too. <laughs> uh, the viewers are used to us having visual representations on here that they can't see. Um, yeah, uh, I will say this, Lex, uh, from a DM perspective, um, and just, I guess, purely from a game mechanics perspective, I, I think it's extremely well-balanced. 
Uh, I think you did a very well, a, a very good job doing it. Thanks. I have no concept of balance, so that helps. I think we all do, because I felt that way too going into it, right? But I think we inherently do. Sometimes you might skew one way or the other, but like it's like we've played D&D enough that we have a vague idea of what seems like it'd be too much or too little. Yeah. I just love the fact that most of you are like, Webby, can you read this and tell me if it's too broken? Like, <laughs> right, I guess so. We need a second opinion. Yeah, but it's always mine. And meanwhile, I just send me Webby. More about D&D than anyone else. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I just uh, I just send him things and I don't say anything and he just comes back with, "My god. My god." <laughs> <laughs> or when you used to send me that crazy guy who's like, "Oh yeah, this thing does this this and this and this much damage." And I'm just like, "Man, this guy's math is really off." <laughs> like, I can't even watch those anymore. <laughs> is it cuz I've debunked him too many times that you're like, "Well, there's not worth it anymore. No, it, I mean it was re- it, it was really like monotone. Yeah, but like man, it's so much math. I hate math, and like as much as I want to know how you do magic missile four thousand and ninety six times in the same turn, I just can't listen to it. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, that leaves one left. We got Rob. What? What? What happened? What? Well, I mean, we're way over the hour mark. Let's just uh, wrap up. <laughs> no, we got we, we got a little bit more time that we can spend on, on one more subquest. Okay. <clears throat> okay. I will send this in the Discord as well, although mine is not fancy like everybody else's. <laughs> Neither was Donnie's. I wasn't either. It's okay. Donnie didn't send anything. It doesn't count. <laughs> I'm rude. <laughs> <laughs> That's I'm I had mine. I, I had my copy of his pulled up for when I had to help him rewrite it. So, <laughs> all right. Uh, so mine is the vengeful spirit slash the poltergeist because I wasn't sure which sounded better, but I used vengeful spirit throughout. So, uh, vengeful spirits are ghosts who have had some great wrong done to them in their lives. Normally, what killed them. This causes them to remain after death to try and avenge this wrong. Over time, they slowly become obsessed with this until it is the only thing they can think of, like an itch you just can't scratch. As such, they act violently and try to avenge the wrong. Sometimes their vengeance can spread to others who have nothing to do with them, but have or are doing something that's similar to their death. This is the type of warlock you become. Expanded Spell List. The Vengeful Spirit lets you choose from the Expanded Spell List. When you learn a warlock spell, the following spells are added to your warlock spell list for you. Level 1. Dissonant Whispers and Fog Cloud. Level 2. Levitate and Spiritual Weapon. Level 3, Blink and Bestow Curse. Level 4, Greater Invisibility and Phantasmal Killer. Level 5, Dominate Person and Animate Objects. Uh, Ghost Eyes. Starting at first level, your patron bestows upon you the ability to see as a spirit does. You gain Dark Vision out to 30 feet. If you already have Dark Vision, it is extended by an additional 30 feet. You can also see into the ethereal plane out to a distance of 30 feet. Uh, you also gain the Mage Hand cantrip, but your Mage Hand is invisible. Curses upon your enemies. Starting at 6th level, you can flit around the battlefield like a vengeful ghost cursing your enemies. As an action, you can teleport up to 30 feet to a space adjacent to an enemy using 5 feet of your movement each time you do. You may continue to teleport as long as you have the movement speed to do so. 
When you appear, make a melee spell attack against an adjacent enemy or enemies. On a hit, the enemy is hexed by you as if under the hex spell. You may teleport back to your original space at any time if it is within 30 feet of you and you have at least 5 feet of movement left. However, this ends the special movement. The hexes must be maintained by concentration and are all removed as concentration is lost. Hex cannot be moved again while at least one creature is hexed in this way. Uh, once you use this feature, you can't use it again until you finish a long rest. At 14th level, this ability may be used again after a short or long rest. Call to the Grave. Beginning at 10th level, your patron teaches you how to weaken the barrier between the material and ethereal planes. You create a 20-foot radius area of ghostly energy. You and all allies in the area gain advantage on attack rolls, ability checks, and saving throws as the spirits help to guide them. All enemies in the area gain disadvantage on attack rolls, ability checks, and saving throws as they are harried by angry ghosts. You may use this ability a number of times equal to your proficiency bonus rounded down, regaining all uses each day at sundown. And they never sleep. Starting at 14th level, you no longer sleep. You cannot be put to sleep by any means and suffer no effects from exhaustion until you reach level 6. You also cannot be rendered unconscious. If you are at 0 HP and stable, you can move and act normally. However, any damage will instantly put you into the dying state. You may perform a ritual that casts your spirit into the ethereal, ethereal plane for 4 hours, giving you the benefit of a long rest and resetting your exhaustion to 0. During this time, your spirit may move about the ethereal plane and may see into the material plane but cannot interact with it. Your body remains completely immobile and appears dead, even with a successful medicine check during the entire time of the ritual. And the ritual cannot be interrupted. If you are killed during this time, your spirit is cast into the ethereal plane and you become a vengeful spirit yourself, causing disadvantage on any attempt to resurrect you. You may use this feature once per day, regaining its use after 24 hours have passed. Additionally, you now require six failed or successful saving throws to die or stabilize. While you are in the dying state, you can project your spirit outside of your body to continue to fight on it. Any damage taken by either you or your spirit, by either your spirit or your body, results in a failed death save. All right. Again, I will preface this with you know how you know my thoughts on this because I helped. You know, I made sure it was balanced for you. Mm -hmm. See, um, even the other DM comes to you <laughs> to make sure something's balanced. Well, see, I'm a play player in his game, so I kind of pulled, put it to him like, if I had created this, would you let me play it, basically? No, that's right. fair. <clears throat> Thoughts? I liked it. I liked it. Especially the fighting on thing, I liked how it just thematically mm -hmm. fit, like, fit. I think it's a good theme. I have a question. Mm -hmm. of, of of the the last thing that you read when you're when you're in the dying state and you can still fight on yeah but if your body or your uh, ethereal self takes damage then it results in a death a, a, a an automatic failed death save yeah i mean you would also take damage so if you end up with negative health you would die too as well well negative Maybe. your total full health yeah but like <clears throat> question now your ethereal self is on the field right and it's mm -hmm. fighting on and stuff but your body's lying you know essentially dead you know 20 feet away what if somebody targets you with a magic missile and targets your body with one and targets the uh, ethereal self with another do you take two automatic death saves I mean if you targeted the body with six don't you take six automatic death saves it's true I mean that uh, true 
So what's the difference? <laughs> I'm, I'm just curious. But I'm assuming, like, if a fireball went off, it would just would it still I be mean, two or would it be just one at that? Point? I don't. Know. I mean, I would kind of treat the like a fireball or area effect the way that we do the reflectionist, where it if they're both hit by it, they take the same damage at the same time, kind of thing. So I don't know. We'd have to talk about that. Like damage based on the effect, the number of effects. Yeah. Right. Okay. I mean, I'd be okay with probably either. Um, I do think that if, like, say, something like a fireball, like an AoE, had the potential of, of hitting both the ethereal self and the body, that it would cause two failed death saves would really put you in a state of an emergency as if you were you know if you if you got knocked down to the point where you were dying Mm -hmm. that you would either one want to essentially move your body and 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 hide it somehow or get the fuck away from your body knowing that aoe effects would would cause two death save i feel like I feel like if the AOE effect would cause more than one, if it hit both, would would make more compelling combat. Yeah, I mean that's more how it should work. The reason the reflectionist works as it does is because they are supposed to both the same exact person right. who's taking the same exact damage at the same exact time. So this right. would not be like that. So yeah, I guess it would be two separate right. damages. Not saying that I'm, I'm wanting to ramp up people's death saves, but I do feel like it would make a more compelling combat, you know, decisions in combat. Like you. Yeah, I mean, that's essentially why I also doubled the amount of death saves it right. took to kill you, because you could potentially be damaging both. So. Yep. Thoughts, Apple? Well, I said I liked it. Anything that you have questions on or would want to change? Anything seem too overpowered? I feel like I don't have I, nothing that really stuck out to me. Alright. Well, I will say this. I feel like all of you made minimum A-tier wars, Warlock subclasses. Aww. Um, if, if we were actually going through and ranking these, I, I would definitely give again, minimum A, maybe a couple A-pluses, potentially an S um, with the exception of mine. Give mine a D. Lies and slander. Yeah. <laughs> Too bad. All of us giving yours an S tier would... I mean, that would cancel out D. my D, but yep. I, my D would still factor in there a little bit. The S minus. <laughs> Everyone did a great job. Yeah, I was impressed with the variety. And now to play an all warlock campaign with our we each have to play our respective homebrews. <laughs> but I want to play Lex's though. <laughs> I, I want to be a rainbow sword wielding bear. bear. <laughs> play the bear folk race. The bear folk, yeah. Even better. My 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 fur turns green, and I get a little uh, three leaf clover imprint on my belly that oh, I can wow. shoot. Color spray out of? Oh my god. Oh my oh, god. Us. Do that in front of my warlock. Besides, if ever if we're all playing a warlock campaign, I mean it's gonna have to be up to me me or Rob to probably DM it, so I'm gonna end up DMing it. Then your NPC gonna... character can be the warlock. 
Oh, yeah, that's true. I forgot NPCs exist. Just like, hey, you know, you... half the time you guys get into battle, I'm like, oh, yeah, I didn't fucking roll initiative for so-and-so. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you don't know. There's other people uh, at this in this uh, episode who aren't running campaign. Yeah, Donnie, get uh, onto it. <laughs> what happened? Yeah, Don- I haven't got. <laughs> has Has anyone ever run a campaign where each player DMs a different session, but it's still the same story? Ooh. I've heard of something similar to that, but no. Me and Austin thought about doing something like that, but we determined it would be too complicated. Yeah, that's fair. I think you have to really be insane. Yeah, everyone yeah. would have to be like on schedule to know what they were going to do next. Yeah. Me and, and also... my friend. Oh, go ahead. We had this uh project called Sketch Diary in high school where we each drew the next part of a comic and we passed it around until we got as far as we did. But maybe like, I don't know, like 6 months later, like there were only like four of us. Uh two people dropped out within like a week of each other so it was like okay now it's just me and shannon just passing comics back and forth and then we graduated so we stopped i mean that's kind of like that it makes me think of in um middle school we did a thing in computer class one time where we all wrote like a story and we only had so much time to write and then you would pass to the next person but they could only see the last sentence that you wrote and I feel like that's how the campaign would go. Even though you're there participating in it, if, if if you weren't, like, totally in sync, you'd be like, okay, I know you guys just got kidnapped, but suddenly you're free and you're going this direction now. And, like, I don't know, I feel like it'd be really fun to try, honestly. But chaotic as fuck. True. Oh. Uh. My I- bad. Okay. <laughs> I will say one last thing about Rob's thing, because I, I made a little jab at Donnie's for not putting Magic Missile on his expended spell list. Uh, Rob, I'm going to give you a little jab. Uh, when you when you read off your expanded spell list, I wrote down one particular spell, and I drew a little face vomiting. Uh, Donnie will understand. I disapprove of animate objects. I get yeah, while but... you put it on there, and it fits thematically. I just and this is not spell. from something that was even in your games. Nope, it's not. I just I hate the spell. That's all. Yeah, I mean, I tried to do all like ghostly spells, yeah. so anime like said, objects look like ghosts are throwing like yep. a poltergeist is throwing shit around. It definitely fits thematically. So, oh yeah. All right, well, we are at the hour and 20 mark, so I guess we will wrap it up there. Uh, Rob, do we have a science corner with Rob? Uh, Just that people are arguing about how to recover samples from Mars because they started digging, like, core samples from Mars finally, and they're planning to transport them to Earth, and people were like, what if there's some kind of, like, bugs or things on Mars that could, like, contaminate Earth? So there's like a big argument about how to safely bring samples back from Mars to Earth. That's fair. Uh, again, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna say this because I forgot to send it to you, Rob, and it might be. I mean, you know, like the last three things I sent you, you're like, this is dumb, though, you know. <laughs> uh, and this might be old news. Like, 
I know one of them I sent you was like something that I had read and it was posted that day and you're like, this was from like last month, so we've already <laughs> missed this. Uh, but apparently uh, there's supposed to be like a bunch of planets all aligning at one time. Oh, yeah, that is true. That's It's till the end of this month, so it's got a few more days, like, yeah, like seven more days or so. All, right. all the planets are aligned. Is that something well, not that, all of them, but most of them. Is that something that does not happen very often? Yeah, I think the next one will be like 2040, the next time it happens. It's like seven cars worth of blinkers synchronizing at the same time. Oh, yeah. That's pretty off. Yeah. All right. All right, well, Prophecy's going to line up in seven days. If you're, anything shit happens in your life, you can blame <laughs> it on the planets. I'm going to actually turn into a bear folk care bear. <laughs> because of the aligning of these planets. Is Pluto one of them? No. I thought it was officially reinstated. Uh, it's, I believe it's, it's, I think it's Venus, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn. It might be Mercury. I don't remember which ones they are, but I know, like, I think, uh, either Uranus or Neptune is out <laughs> as well as Pluto. And Earth isn't involved in it either. I like how me and Donnie chuckled at Uranus. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, we're Did we, Webby? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just, you know, poor Pluto. He's out there just fucking floating around. He's a planet in my eyes. I don't care what anyone says. But he's just not aligned with no one. Just, you know how much harder that would be? Uh, it is Mercury, Venus, Mars, Jupiter, and Saturn. So it does not involve Earth or anything beyond Saturn. Or Neptune. Let's it's just Mercury, Venus, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn. Hmm. All right. Uh, but you should be able to see all of them in the sky, like lined up behind each other. Without cool. a telescope? They'd be like stars. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they just look like stars oh, without sure. a telescope. But they yeah. They twinkle the same. And if you have really sharp eyes, they might have a slight hue to them. But. All right. Uh, so that was Science Corner with Rob. You know what? I'm going to ask Ryan. Ryan, do you have life advice for our listeners out there? Oh, God, you're really putting me on the spot here. <laughs> Feel free um, to take a minute if you need to, like, Google fortune cookie sayings or something. No, no, no. Um, let's, let's see. Uh, ooh. Life advice. Life advice. I'm definitely in the position to give life advice. Uh. Okay. Alright. Whatever you're thinking of doing, just, just fucking do it. Just, just go fucking do it. Good advice. Do it. Oh, that's like actually good advice. I thought you were going to say something silly. Like, don't push a poop too hard. <laughs> Don't also don't good advice. <laughs> don't don't inflame your hemorrhoids. There you go. <laughs> but but right. no, just, just fucking do it. Good advice, Ryan. Uh, all right. Well, with that being said, uh, let's start doing sign-offs. Lex, where can people find you if they want to reach out or 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 send you messages on the interwebs? Uh, I almost just said internet. <laughs> just internet. Uh, you can find me on the internet. <laughs> Uh, Instagram and Twitter at Ursula's Revenge, spelled R-V-N-G-E. 
right, Ryan, where can people find you? Oh, I never actually sent it. I know. It was just in my send file. As you started <laughs> reading it, I just looked at Apple, and we just both shrugged. I didn't. I like. I, I clicked to to upload the file, but then I never hit enter, so it was just odd there. I'm like, why does this have a big red trash can over it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, there you go. If you want to read it, it's in there now. <laughs> uh, Ryan, where can people find you on the internet? I am a leaf on the wind, uh, but I have a Twitter and a Twitch. Crimtastic. All right, Apple. Where can people find you? Uh. Apple Schloss 21, that's spelled S-C-H-L-O-S-S. Good luck. Um, Twitter, I think my Instagram's the same as that, too. Okay. The sigh. <laughs> Donnie, where can people find you? You know, I was hoping you would ask me that. <laughs> you can find me at Jack's Forest Walker, all one word. Son of a bitch. <laughs> Every time. Anytime you expect me to be professional or an adult, there you go. Uh, Rob, where can people find you? You can find me driving off a bridge instead of going to the doctor because Ryan told me to do what I was thinking about and I'm going to do it. No, bad. <laughs> Get the spray bottle. I'm, I'll tell you. Oh, don't do that before I rob this bank, Rob. <laughs> so now I feel like I have to chloroform Rob, throw him in the car, <laughs> drive him to the doctor safely, carry him in, and then have like the doctor use the smelling sticks or something, <laughs> do what they gotta do, and then re-chloroform them, and then drive them home. Well, I don't think you'd want to drive off after the doctor's appointment. Still uh, gonna re-chloroform yeah. them, so that way I don't have to hear him complaining about the doctor's appointment. <laughs> oh boy. I feel like we just need to add 5E to the end of this conversation. 5E! 5E makes everything good. <laughs> Uh, you you can find me at dbronner21 on Twitter. Oh, I forgot you did that. Yeah, go send him a bunch of really weird pictures of stuff. Bet you won't. Oh, channel I like I like nude men. Send pictures of nude men to dbronner21. Oh, Jesus, you might as well for the last time I logged in. All right, everybody. Uh, Rob, do you want to give your actual thing? Or? Yeah, so you can find me at Confessor underscore X on Twitter, and you can find me at Twitch on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Confessor X. All right, and as uh, as always, thank you for listening. You guys can follow me on Twitter at Jack's Forest Walker, all one word. That's mine, not Donnie's. Uh, you guys can follow me on Twitch at DM Webby and on eBay at I Miss You, Devin. Where are you? Uh, and you guys can follow me on, uh, fucking Reddit at Ryan Uwu. (laughs) Sure there is someone named Ryan Uwu. You caught me. That's definitely my name. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, thank you for listening. We love you guys. And until next time, fuck Booster Gold. Fuck Booster Gold. Fuck Booster Gold. And now the outro, which we all can talk about. La di la. La di la. Oh boy. La blah blah. See Lex, that was painless, right? Yeah, totally. It was it was it wasn't bad. I feel like you went into that a little nervous. Yeah. I think yours was fantastic. Oh, thanks. Uh, because when I was writing it, Ryan was like, that's overpowered. That's overpowered. It's like, I don't know what overpowered is. Do you want to provide context for that? All right. Well, I don't remember what exactly it was, but...